0: You are listening to episode 190 of the Game Deflators podcast. My name is John, and I'm joined by Ryan.
1: Hey, everybody here at the Game Deflators podcast, we like to talk about games. We've recently picked up games we're currently playing, and today, paging the game deflators to the ICU, paging the game deflators to the ICU, in this week's Inflation Deflation Challenge. <laughs>
0: That was a good one, dude. Um, so we're going to be talking about Claire, the extended version of the game on the PS4. Uh, we happen to have it on PlayStation Plus. I, Dude, every single time it's popped up, you know, like I, I open up my PlayStation Plus library to see what I have. I always
1: see it. I'm like, that looks super cool. But there's those just, games that are in there that it's like, I think there's like 99 Vedas or something is like the first one that always pops up. And it's like, I have no idea what this is. I'm never going to play it. But, you I, know, like. I I actually re-got PS Plus just so that we could play this for this week. And, dude, I don't even want to download Naruto Shippuden Ninja Storm 5 and Nickelodeon All-Stars Battle Brawl. And I already own God of War, so I'm not paying for premium.
0: So, I downloaded both of those, and obviously I have God of War, so I don't have to worry about it. Although, I might download it because... You know what? I am going to download God of War in the library because... When my wife decides to play it, if I'm playing a PS5 game or a PS4 game, whatever it may be, I would prefer to she has a digital version. So that way I don't have to mix out, you know, swap discs and everything else while she's playing that game. That's a downside when, you know, she can f- change her own disc. She's a big girl, John. No, because she doesn't like I she goes to bed and I have to do it. And then the next day when she's oh, like, "Okay, oh, yeah, let's... yeah,
1: yeah, I gotcha, I gotcha.
0: Yeah, yeah, so that's just how it works out. And it's not me advocating for digital consoles, but it's advocating for the fact that when you have two people that are gamers in a household, it can be a little frustrating when you have to like constantly swap out each other's discs and it's normally me having to do that. So like, I don't know, Sounds last like night. Robot like
1: robot problems.
0: <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> like, my husband never swaps out my disc for me.
0: I always wonder like, why? Like it would be so great if they made just a giant PlayStation five or something they like did. that. That no, they well, Yes, they did PlayStation a, five. John, a, a dinosaur size PlayStation five that could Already swap up to, you remember like those old CD like units where it had like the five disc trays and you Dude, could just swap it out. I,
1: When I first moved out, I took uh, my parents' old one that they got from my uncle. It was a 200-disc DVD CD. That's what we need. It's like a big wheel on the inside. Yeah.
0: That's what we need for gaming. We need that, specifically for the PlayStation 5.
1: All the seasons of Scrubs. I had like six seasons of Naruto. I had like everything in there. (laughs) Look, I I will
0: pay Sony 1,000 ruples if they will make a 200 disc holder for playstation 5 4 3 2 and 1 sounds like a so custom I, mod it, it does sound like one but they should did do you it for see me that
1: custom mod ps5 the slim one Mm-mm. somebody oh made yeah it. yeah i did i did with i didn't watch the full thing and but... like it was like 600 dollars with a copper and stuff it was so yeah. sick
0: yeah so I, I want sony to make me a giant thing so that way i don't have to swap out my discs. you know how great that would be to not have to swap out any discs. now i get it like the digital component, you don't have to swap out this, right? Because it's digital, it, it lives there, right? But the I want physical is, John, games.
1: It's a nightmare because it the is. problem is you you basically just have to like have a list of what the last thing you put in there is because you cannot alphabetize that because then you're going disc out, disc over and moving every disc over one slot is maddening. Sony,
0: you can figure it out. I mean, as we're going to talk about later today, they're looking at PC gaming gear. They could look at disc swapping gear. Let's take it back to the 90s, you know, throw in 200 discs and, and let us swap it out. Um, so outside of Claire, uh, this week we're going to talk about, as I just said, Sony launching PC gaming gear beyond the PlayStation or expanding beyond PlayStation. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Diablo Immortal and streamers quitting uh, and also uh, exposing fraud and deception the retro gaming market. Uh, this is essentially on WADA, and then a little special thing here. We're going to talk about the Nintendo Direct. Uh, there's a few games that I found of interest. Uh, I think you talked a little bit about it on the Next to Nothing podcast with Dan and Karen friends, <laughs> barely. So, well, go check out that episode. Ryan was on their most recent episode. Um, so, if you're listening to 190 right now, then it's whatever their number was. I unfortunately could not make that episode, uh, but check that out. Uh, okay. So as we like to talk about every week, the games that we have recently picked up, I picked up a number of titles this week. I got X-Men Destiny on the Xbox 360. I picked up Halo Reach as well on the Xbox 360. Uh, I also got a few Wii games. I don't remember the exact names, but I think one of them's like Rapala Fishing and uh, some plane game on the Wii. And then I also picked up, um, I think there was one more. I don't remember. I got to look. Uh, and then I also got a bunch of garbage Magic: The Gathering cards that are draft last night for Double Masters 2022. Absolutely horrendous. I was talking to Justin afterwards when I after you know leaving the shop last night with you. I'm not buying any more packs of that mess. Like it's just not worth the chase cards for the cost that they're trying to get out of people for this. Like I I just don't understand the the thought process on let's pay $400 for a booster box of cards with 48 potential rares. And at most you might get back $300 in quality product from it. Like it makes zero sense to me to pay that much money. The collector's box is, you know, a potential at two seventy, but it's only four flipping packs of cards. Come on. And they're not even all rares. Like they also include commons and uncommons in that. And the amount of bulk rares like, dude, I pulled last night between all of my packs. I pulled 10 bulk rares.
1: like, how absurd is that? And I noticed something I mean, about that John, shop. That's, that's my usual luck. You just, you took my luck and you weren't doing the chant. I told you, you had to do Imperial seals and Eldrazi Imperial well, seals and Eldrazi. And I got me a Kozilek. So, so you know, you know what good. I noticed
0: though? So on your side of the table, there were like, you got a Kozilek, the guy next to you got like two mythics. One of them being foy At about a hundred something dollars in cards. The guy next to the other guy next to you had a hundred something dollars in cards like several people on that side of that table got a good amount of value in cards. I noticed that the card shop manager actually didn't shuffle the packs before he handed them out. So what he does, he handed out a stack of three and magic actually they wizard stacks packs like you can count boxes or count cards in boxes like they're not super randomized. There's always a general pattern that people figure out over time. Where you can kind of get an idea of like, okay, the third pack down is a mythic. The next pack down is going to be a mythic. And then it's a bunch of bulk and other crap. This is rare. This is mythic and so on. And so usually store never managers.
1: Heard you- mentioned this before and also everybody well, knows never that the cards don't physically manifest in the pack until the air <laughs> hits them
0: <laughs> he he normally Schrodinger's
1: magic the gathering cards john i've
0: never mentioned this before because mj at the shop is the one that's typically done it and she actually does shuffle it so i i realized last night like after i was finished i'm like wait a second he just cracked open a new box and just spread out the wealth and that's why you saw like multiple people with like mythics. Like some of us got the shit of the stick. We just happened to be in a seat where a stack of like, I mean, dude in a draft, there should be no reason for one person to get like three mythic pools.
1: Okay. Like, well, you all. did get, um, I got a grave. I got like $30 got, in value. You got like two packs for winning, right? Yeah. And they were hot garbage What I got out of them. Well, yeah. But they weren't like stacked. They were randomly well, in that box somewhere. Not really. He kind of pulled one off of one side one, one in the middle.
0: No, it didn't. But I mean, it's only two packs, right? Like, it doesn't help. But the odds of you getting mythics and other things by pulling a stack of three and handing it to that person by not shuffling are greater than, like,
1: handing me
0: two random packs. The
1: odds magic are not guaranteed.
0: I know. I know. But there are certain things that you do as a tournament organizer to kind of help. And he didn't seem to know what he was doing last night. So it was interesting. Um so yeah that, that's my feedback for that uh i will not be buying any more packs of double masters at all yeah
1: yeah i don't think so either too no. pricey too, too pricey. pricey The draft was fun but yeah you know whoever
0: yeah no way am i buying any more of that way too expensive not worth the belt like a set like that given the price of that should not have bulk rares like zero bulk rares should be in there like everywhere should be at least like
1: five bucks plus the fact that they yeah, have that's not Pol how prayers, they do it I, dude I have get they ever it, like, made a set that was everything in here is at least worth five bucks or more
0: no i'm not saying that they are but given like how inflated the packs are and the fact that wizards got rid of the msrp for their sets like these store owners can mark that up to 500 bucks and call it a day like wizards doesn't have an that's msrp why i don't
1: go to this one place there's this is one place that charges like out the ass
0: Dude, it doesn't surprise me. There's tons Are of places to do Are you to go check out.
1: that other place out today?
0: Uh, probably not. I actually... So one of my pickups this week um, is Blue Reflection 2, uh, that JRPG. And for, I had it on my Amazon list for a while. And it was sitting at like 29 bucks for the longest time. And last night I woke up and I was doing some things on Amazon. Or yesterday I woke up and was doing some things on Amazon and, uh, I noticed that it wasn't on my list anymore. I'm like, what the hell's going on? So I clicked it and it's like 50 something dollars all of a sudden, like at random, like all the copies on Amazon sold out. And then on eBay, it's kind of a similar situation. You're sitting at 40 bucks and 40 bucks plus I'm like, all right, like that's the tipping point. It's going to start going up from there. So I found the copy, uh, at GameStop and, uh, I have a $5 credit for the store. So I'm just going to go and use my $5 credit, pick up the game for like 27 bucks basically.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, so that's my goal. So I'm going to do that today and, and maybe hit up a Goodwill after you and I chat. So, OK. And then as far as currently playing, I'm still playing Elden Ring. Um, How far are you, John? So I'm trying to Elden ring update Elden Ring updates. Uh, so who did I beat? So I beat the queen last time. I think I talked about that. I continued progressing through. Got to like the close to the very tippy top of the map. Um, where you go into this, like, castle area that has a bunch of hands.
1: Yeah, that's I the went place in there. that I told you I went before I did Ranala.
0: Yeah, so I went there, defeated the boss after, I don't know, three or four tries. Um, I still can't summon anybody, so it's whatever at this point. So I've just kind of been soloing boss battles, which kind of sucks, but it's kind of fun at the same time. So I beat that. I beat another one of the catacombs, the one that has... Um, Uh, a bunch of skeletons and sorcerers inside of it and then it's one of the shadow creatures at the end for the boss but it has like so it's like a shadow creature and then multiple skeletons that are also attacking you at the same time so i beat that one and then i beat one of the bosses which was so weird it was like this big enemy right and then there was a slug in an opposite side of the room that was invisible and you had to find the slug Hit it a few times and it transformed to some other location, hit it a few times and so on. So I beat that one. Uh were there any other big bosses I beat? I battled a dragon after the hand area. Um, but it I took it down to like half-life and then it disappeared. So I don't know if it goes somewhere else. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, that one.
0: Yeah. So I actually did that on my first try. Uh that yeah. dragon.
1: You you could go find and finish that one off. See, I like I ran into this one. Mother effing dragon that was like totally killed the hell out of me, and I never went back and fought again. But it's like I don't have any arcane stat, and I already had enough dragon hearts to get like all three of the dragon abilities I can't use anyway. So I'm like, why even bother fighting the dragons at this point?
0: I mean, I do it just to have fun with it, um, because it's another boss battle, you know? Well, yeah, but I, I mean, like. At it.
1: I don't want to beat my head against it. Like there's not really like a gain other than just getting the souls. Like I'd rather just come back when I'm stronger later in the game.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I take that approach with a lot of things as well. Um, Although at this certain... point I was
1: probably a lot stronger. I need yeah, to go so... back to that freaking game.
0: Oh my God. I'm just looking at Holy crap. There's hidden areas too, apparently. Um, yeah. So I'm looking at a map right now of Elden Ring and I'll tell you exactly. Location. You're in Like North Ironia uh i think so yeah oh my
1: god this map is flipping huge dude yeah There's... you haven't even got you haven't gotten to the capital yet right
0: i'm gonna show you no i haven't i'm gonna show you this map i'm gonna text it to you and it, it basically has like all of the things that are in there with, like bubble markers uh it's like map genie but it's for elden ring so i'm texting that to you now um but yeah i'm in like the the north west area of the map basically um, yeah. right now. And then I'm just kind of traveling around, messing around with that. And um, I'll probably go to, what is it? Chaldea, I think is the next big area. But I'm actually in... um, Caled, Caled, yeah. And I'm in uh, Lake Lumeria, I think is what it's called. So yeah. I'm in that area right now, messing around in there. So I'm going to go to whatever castles in that section and and try and beat that out. Uh, the other game that we're playing, uh, my wife and I started playing Kenna Bridge of Spirits. Uh, because we beat our most recent game. So Kenneth Burger Spirits is the next one. Uh which one did we play again? Um God, what was it that we played? I don't know. Oh, uh Shadow of Colossus. I don't did I talk about that last time? Mm, no.
1: I mean, did you I, guys yes. eat it in a week?
0: You know what I think we did it's actually. It's not really
1: that long of a game. Like, no, I think, I think I it, think we did. Sittings.
0: Yeah. Well, no, you know what it was is I went out to Vegas and then I came back and I just I hadn't talked about it, but so it was, one of those, it was one of those weird things where like I started it after the podcast, went to Vegas, didn't think to talk about it last time, and then we beat it this past week. So we uh, played Shadow of the Colossus on the PS4. I had a digital copy. I also got the physical copy. Now that I'm talking about, I think I did talk about this, uh, but we just went ahead and beat that uh, the other day. I think it's absolutely gorgeous, dude. I really wish Shadow of the Colossus had a little more depth to it. Uh, the story is okay on that game, and it's obviously a prequel for Eco, uh, which is great. Um, So it really does show like, you know, the start of the, um, the cursed, you know, horn child basically. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I love that series in general and, or that franchise, I guess I could say. And so my wife is, you know, she, she was interested, like she liked the game in general. She thought it was a little clunky on the controls, which I would agree. Um, When you look at that game, like it's beautiful and everything, but it, the camera angles are Flipping terrible half the time. The controls are quite difficult. The puzzles are fine, but like it's it's kind of the same thing like that I played on PS2. It's just a lot more pretty, and um, I just wish there was more depth to it. Like at the end of the day, it is not my favorite out of all of those games. The three games that came out with Last Guardian, Eco, and Shadow Colossus. Uh, I would say Shadow Colossus probably ranks at the bottom of those three uh, because it's just not. You know, it's this. It's repetitive. You go out, you find a Colossus, you beat it, you come back, there's story and so on. And the story kind of evolves during the gameplay, but not really. Uh, so that's one of the downsides. So beautiful game. It's kind of a, like worth...
1: an experiential thing.
0: Yeah, like beautiful game. It's definitely worth playing, but I don't know. I think it goes for like 25 bucks right now on PS4. I don't think it's worth 25 bucks anymore. Oh, shut up, John.
1: It's definitely no. worth $25. No,
0: it really yeah. isn't, dude. Like, dude you and can you know what? I mean, like if you can get it for 10 or 15 bucks, great. But I just don't think it's worth that. I mean, there's so the many other ways to play PS2 it. The
1: original PS2 version isn't worth it, but like the HD remake is definitely worth $25. I guess. I'm anyway, not a huge fan. Shout outs to Ruby Heart, who opened SGDQ this week with a uh, boss rush randomized uh, run of Shadow of the Colossus in oh. 47 minutes and 29 seconds.
0: Yeah, you have to play a lot of Shadow Claws to do that. There's some (laughs) boss battles that I'm like, you have to get perfect. Like the final boss battle. uh, It's funny because the camera angles are the hard part of that battle. Yeah, it's it's not the actual boss. The boss is super easy to get past. It's all the terrible camera angles and trying to like hit your marks um, or really hit your ledges the right way. Uh, So the other thing, uh, you know, obviously I just mentioned Kennebridge of Spirits. We started playing that dude. So this was a game that when it was first announced, I told you I was going to play this game and I wanted to play it. So I ended up, it was like $40 I think still for PS5 version. I said, screw it. Let me buy it. I've been wanting to play it anyways. Absolutely beautiful game. It is one of my favorite games that I played this year. Um, It's, it's almost like done. No dude. I'm I'm like, God, how far do we get in it? We're not that far. We're only in like the first area right now. It's so big.
1: Does it have that like launch title feeling?
0: I not really. I mean, well maybe. I don't know. I don't know what you mean by that. Like that launch well, title like, feeling. Well, like
1: it looks like it looks like knack and cameo. Like it's got that extra little like thing to it that it's like, oh yeah, this is definitely like an early life cycle of a console. I
0: gotcha. Yes and no. So I think like Not really. I mean, I can tell that it's a PS4, PS5 game, like, I guess if that's what you're saying, but I'm also not really able to tell the difference too much between PS4 and PS5 right now. Um, I don't think I think we're too early in the life cycle to have hit like top notch, like high end graphics. Like I'm playing on a 4K TV, so it's not like I'm getting like an 8K experience, for example. But I'm playing this game in particular. I don't have it on performance mode. I actually have it on the graphics mode. So I'm playing 30 frames per second to get the 4K graphics. Maybe if I get it at 60 frames per second, I'll see a major difference. I'm not sure, I guess I could try that and see how it looks. But it's almost like playing Horizon mixed with Pixar. Yeah. Which I absolutely love. You know, I just got the bow with my wife the other day and we're starting to use that. It has a haptic feedback on the triggers. Um, or not have to feed, but you know, to trigger, uh, resistance essentially. And so you can kind of feel like as you're putting the bow back, which is pretty cool, uh, it's got all these cutesy little creatures. I forget the names offhand. You know, I don't remember that crap. Um, uh, but it's got these little cutesy black creatures, um, that spirits or spirits essentially, and you can buy hats for them. Oh, like throughout the game. Who
1: doesn't love hats
0: and uh, dude, it's great. There's like a cake hat. There's a Fox hat, uh, a pot hat, like a steel pot. It's turned upside down, um, like in uh, uh, it's like Elden a little Ring, helmet. HR guys, yeah, yeah, kind of. It's like a little helmet. Um, so yeah, there's crazy stuff like that. Um, the boss battles are pretty cool so far. Like you enter certain boss battles, and it has like the big bar and everything. If it almost has an Elden Ring vibe to it in a sense, uh, or really like a Souls vibe, it's actually pretty cool. Um, as you're going through and, and playing those truly boss battles.
1: the Souls of Pixar like games
0: you can throw the little spirits at them and blind your enemies, which is also pretty cool. There's like special upgrades. Like right now we have like a spirit hammer, which kind of winds up the energy from the little uh, black spirits you have. And then you can hammer down and like unleash this crazy, powerful attack. So it's pretty cool. The story is a lot of fun in what we've experienced. It's, it's basically you're a spirit guide and um, you're going through, uh, you know, the forest and, and mountainous areas and such. And there's, essentially ichor or like rot that's going, Oh, actually they're rots. That's what they're called. Little guys. But there's like areas that are rotting away with like this black and red ichor and they're poisoning the land. And your goal is to um, just, you know, clean it up as you're helping these spirits go through and, and pass. It's got
1: some real like um, Princess Mononoke vibes. It, it actually does uh, for me.
0: And I, I like it, dude. I'm having a lot of fun with it. So I'm excited to keep playing. The map is, as I said, pretty extensive. It looks like a large game. It feels like a large game. Um, the one downside is like there's certain things like you're kind of. So if you have like a hillside and you want to go through trees, you can't. It doesn't have that type of open world vibe to it, which kind of sucks. So It's a little more linear in your pathways, despite it being open. So that's one downside. But. I mean, that's cool. You know, at the end of the day, it's it's its own game. But it just pulls from so many of my favorite game titles that I played in the past. And then on top of that, the Pixar vibe. I, I love it, dude. So it's good stuff. I, I talked for a longer time. This go, right You go. <laughs> uh,
1: so this week um, didn't play a lot. I did download No Man's Sky after watching a little bit of somebody talking about some Starfield just to be like, well, let's, let's get at least an idea of what No Man's Sky is actually like so that by the time Starfield comes out, I can make those comparisons myself. Uh, I don't know if this is what it does to everybody, but it started me off on an ice world instantly freezing to death with no idea of what to do, and then it started running me through the tutorial. So <laughs> it was uh, pretty brutal. To the, to the beginning, I finally like did some of the tutorial stuff, got in my ship, and I was like, cool, I'm going to take off. And then it was like, nope, you got to go back to the planet and finish the tutorial. So I came back down to the planet, and after like an hour and a half or whatever, I had to do some other stuff, and I just kind of gave up. Um, And then I started playing a secret game that we will reveal later on down the road. Uh, and- wait, wait. What do you mean a secret game? Don't worry about it, John. How?
0: Okay. You gotta give me a hint. What's it on?
1: Oh, I don't have to give you a hint. That's why it's a this, secret.
0: This is legit people. Like, I don't know what the hell he's playing.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm going to play a secret game and I will surprise John when I'm finished. You're playing,
0: you're playing playboy of the mansion, aren't you?
1: And then, how'd you know?
0: <laughs> or it's leisure. Now that I, I have
1: you. that PS2, it was all that was standing in my way. <laughs> I, I assume can it's now PS2 play PS2 game.
0: Wait a second. Where's my copy of BMX X? You know that's not the good version.
1: <laughs> right? Uh, I do have a 360.
0: <laughs> it is sitting on my kitchen counter. I don't know why my wife hasn't thrown it away yet. It's yeah. the funniest thing. It's just BMX BMXXXX is sitting on my counter for like two weeks now.
1: So I've been watching SGDQ all week which is amazing. Uh, it last day is tomorrow, so it'll already be too late, but you can go online and enjoy all of the VOD goodness on Twitch. Uh, I think so far they're up to like, I don't know, like 1.8 million or something. Mm. I know they're getting close to 2 million. They'll definitely hit it. I hope. Um, and then, Oh, I've been putting together a model. I got a model. A while ago i've been doing gundam models for quite some time but i got a big thousand sunny which is the ship from one piece that i am actually like painting and assembling and that's going very well did you buy your paint yesterday i did get a a white paint because the other white paint that i had sucked and i also got some like mixing balls so we'll see if that helps um other than that not too much going on i will do a shout out since you brought up elden ring since you're playing elden ring my favorite youtuber again mr noah caldwell gervais came out with another awesome video this week going over um sekito bloodborne and elden ring in their entireties so that's a good four plus hours if you want to get invested in somebody talking really cool about those games
0: one other thing i did not mention is I went ahead and binged over the last couple of weeks Castlevania on Netflix, and dude, I thought it was badass. Yeah, I, I've uh, heard yeah. good things. I really liked it. Like I, I started with like season one and two when it first came out, and then I kind of stopped, or it not really. Did I stopped, but like season three, for example, I was kind of watching and whatnot, but it was more so like in the background. I didn't really like sit back and actively just sit there and pay full attention to it. Um, so it was a little lost. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start it fresh, go from the very beginning and just watch this all the way through. It's fantastic. Like, even if it's not like directly tied to the games, there's enough there for you to, to love it. And I thought it was great what they did. Um, there's a few things that, there, that are letters that's like controversial, like Alucard, uh, and a few scenes with him that people don't like, um, you know, and there's a few characters that are kind of wishy washy and that are are not the best, but like the whole, the overall end game and the overall, like from beginning to end storytelling and how it all comes together is like it honestly, it just kind of shocked me when it was done. I'm like, holy crap, like they told a true story. Like, and the that's really good too, right? Oh, the action's fantastic. There's like the final battle, like every, every season, uh, outside of I think season season one kind of like it's only four episodes right because it was a pilot season in a sense like the fight with, and i'll spoil this one the fight with alucard and um and trevor belmont like that specific fight isn't like super crazy and in-depth but season two three and four have like final battles that are absolutely bonkers and dude i love them like i was just totally i just couldn't stop looking at the tv when those were happening or in some instances my phone like i went when I was out to Vegas for a conference, I'm sitting there and um in my hotel room. Just like I didn't even turn on the TV in my hotel room because I had my Netflix on my phone. I was just watching Castlevania every night.
1: Um, so on a scale of the Mario Brothers movie to Sonic Two, which I consider peak video game movie. Uh where, well, Mario where Brothers, would you put it.
0: Which Mario Oh, you're saying the original Mario Bros movie to live? Yeah, action? Yeah, not, not
1: the one that's out, not out yet.
0: I would put it at Sonic, too.
1: You think this is like a top tier video game oh, yeah. adapted to another medium? Oh, um,
0: yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, I loved it, dude. When are you uh, going to
1: binge uh, Halo? Never, <laughs>
0: never, unless there's like a gun to my head. I'm not binging Halo. <laughs> So I have zero intention of that. I, I might, who knows? I might down the road. Um, but yeah, I liked Castlevania. You should, if you haven't watched it, go check it out. It's fantastic. Um, go into, it a, you know, a fresh set of eyes. Don't look at it from a, I'm looking for a direct video game adaptation type of thing, because you're always going to be disappointed no matter what, <laughs> when you look at that kind of like Sonic, I went into Sonic looking for pure action film and just a fun time. And both movies did not disappoint. Uh, There's some people who say, oh, it's terrible. Like, you know, but the vast majority disagree with you. Yeah, you should check out Castlevania. It's good stuff. Like I like and I really hope Netflix dives into more video game stuff like this. I know they have League of Legends as well. I haven't started on that one. I'm not a League of Legends fan, but it seems like something I might be interested in watching. Um, You know, and dude, this is actually one of the first animated series that I've like dedicated full blown time to to watch with Castlevania. And it did not disappoint
1: nice
0: yeah all right before we get into uh, what we're talking about this week you can find this episode on your podcast app that you're listening to right now as well as other podcast applications out there you can find us on the game and you can interact with us on social media uh, via at game deflators on twitter and at the game deflators on instagram and facebook and of course leave us comments leave us five-star reviews we like that type of stuff and subscribe okay our first thing here is Sony is launching PC gaming gear expanding beyond PlayStation. This is from japan.today.com and yeah, I didn't see like Japan a Today.
1: byline on there so yeah, which is Whoever actually wrote this, thank you, I guess. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So basically, Sony is opening up its new in-zone brands, uh, which will be going out to PC gamers, so specifically like PC peripherals, um, PC monitors, all these crazy things specifically for gaming. And the idea behind this is to kind of help put the Sony brand on the mind of PC players with the hope that they will eventually move over to the PlayStation five or PlayStation six, whatever is out at that point in time, they're hoping to see, uh, I guess an increase of like 50% or something of PlayStation users um, moving forward in like 2025, I think was the estimate that I read. I like this move a lot. I think it's a necessary move for Sony. Uh, you know, having in zone while it's technically like a new brand in a sense, it's not going out as just in zone. It's going out as Sony in zone. And so you've got Sony in-zone headsets, Sony in-zone, you know, monitors. It's no different than like Sony Bravia or Sony Ericsson or Sony PlayStation. So I I think think that's a hundred
1: percent dead, man.
0: (laughs) Well, no difference. Like it's the same deal in a sense. Like it's just the name recognition, right? So you've got the Sony name tagged on there for the brand recognition and you know that they build quality products and then you've got these monitors. Now I think the monitors start at like 800 bucks, which is a little pricey. Uh, for one of those monitors. I didn't look at the headsets. Um, But look, if they can put out a quality product for PC gamers and show PC gamers that they've got good stuff and can build that level of trust with exclusively PC gamers and shift them over with formerly PlayStation-exclusive titles that are now on PC and bring them over to play those things first on PlayStation 5 or 6, whatever comes down the road, I think that's the right move. I think that it's a very good move. They are late to the game when you consider Microsoft is already very heavily involved from, you know, a cloud gaming standpoint is already like on every PC in the market, like, or not every PC in the market, because you do have, you know, Apple and such, but I think it's the right move. I think they are late, but it's not bad to dive into this. The the biggest downside is that it's a very crowded market, so there is a lot of catching up to do, but they do have the Sony brand, right? So
1: I think that's the right move. What are your thoughts? You think it's dumb? This is dumb. You know why? Hmm. Sony makes headphones for the PlayStation 5. Mm -hmm. And Sony makes just Sony brand headphones. These are going to now be another Sony brand headphone that is going to be like in the PC aisle. Guess what, people? You can use any headphone on just about anything like Having these different separations is just mind baffling to me that they're going to be like, here's a different Sony headphone so that we're also competing with ourselves amongst everybody else. Also, John, what kind of headphones do you have on? These right now?
0: Yeah. What brands are they? 30, some cheap $30 pair off
1: Amazon? Do they make you inclined to play PlayStation branded games on your computer? Like, Having the headphones around your head, are they going to send a signal into your brain that says, play PlayStation games on your computer? Well, look. It, well it'll be backwards. It'll be like the SimSims. It'll
0: be uh, even at Niaj, but it'll be like backwards for Sony, like play, play Sony games.
1: I, I think it's just dumb to expect people's peripherals to influence their desire to play a PlayStation game on their computer, or that buying the headphones are going to make like some kind of conversion happen. I just, they already well, like, they, make headphones. Just go buy a pair of Sony headphones. If well, that's like, what you want, this shouldn't be holding you back. The fact that they haven't created the in zone brand shouldn't be the barrier between you and decent Sony headphones that cost like $300. Like well, and I think that already the spend that kind of money on these headphones.
0: They're looking at it from a, a high end brand perspective right like yeah you can go get a pair of 50 dollars sony headphones but
1: no you could go get a 300 hundred dollar pair of sony headphones
0: right now you could already do that well i mean it's specifically geared towards pc gamers i mean like all headphones brands... on
1: everything i know i That's know the point but there's of some...
0: them. i get it i get it but I also understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to market. They're trying to sell
1: the environment. They're trying to make more plastic and more boxes with different (laughs) prints on them.
0: Look, word is Sony contacted Nintendo and they are using recycled cardboard to make, uh...
1: 300 labo,
0: headsets. 300 labo headsets right now, noise uh, that are environmentally friendly, they're noise canceling and uh, they're recyclable and they will degrade uh, over a period of time. Like that, you didn't get that memo, like that's what they're doing right now. They're working with
1: Bluetooth, these are green tooth. <laughs>
0: so, I, I like I said, I still like the move. I don't think it hurts them to do this, um, to have this brand out there. It's supposed to be higher end, it seems. Uh, You're going to have people that are going to purchase it because they want to purchase Sony products. And I do believe, and this is from marketing, I do believe that the brand recognition is tied to that directly influences the the purchase decisions down the road. So if you are frequently utilizing Sony products or you see Sony products in a PC aisle all the time, you're going to see Sony and think about, oh, PlayStation five. So I do think that that's something that will down the road work for them. Uh, time will tell if it in fact does, because it is a very cluttered market. And there are other brands like Razer and MSI and all that good stuff out there. So who knows? We'll see. But I, I think it's the right move and it's a necessary move. They have to do this. They're not in the PC market heavily, and they need to be, uh, given where things are going, especially when you look Dude, they at cloud need to gaming. Get,
1: they need to work on getting their cloud gaming to work on their own TVs to compete with Microsoft teaming up with Samsung. That's what they need to do. They need to not worry about making headphones right now.
0: I could see them totally like working with like LG and then obviously their own. They TVs. already have
1: their own TV brand.
0: No, I know, I know, but like we're gonna make Tony
1: L- Inzone TVs sponsored X- by
0: LG. Well, no, I mean, like putting cloud gaming on an LG TV, like what Microsoft's doing with Samsung, like partner with LG, because <clears throat> I'm pretty sure LG is a Korean company as well, which is a direct competitor. to It's obviously a direct competitor to Samsung because it's, you know, TVs. But, you know, I think from a, a country standpoint, that would be something that they would do. Um, and LG would be obviously the perfect partner for that. And then, of course, their own TV brands having it would also be a good thing. So, uh, but let us know in the comments what you think about this. And if you think that uh, this is a good move for Sony or a bad dumb. move. <laughs> all right. Next thing uh, is Diablo Immortal and streamers quitting as the Exodus continues. This is Ken also all <laughs> PC games. And so, dude, I don't like I know Diablo Immortals, like the mobile game and everything. And Hashtag some guys, Diablo Immoral. And more some guy spent like what, $150,000 or $15,000 or some shit to like boost up his character with all the crazy stats. And then he ended up quitting like a week later. So yeah, you know, I, I don't know enough about the game other than everybody wants a new Diablo and not Diablo mobile. Uh, and so that kind of angered people from the start. And I guess from what I've heard, uh, is that the game just isn't very good. And probably contains a shit ton of microtransactions.
1: Yeah. So the issue is just that as you progress through the game, like it's a loot game and they they monetize the loot like you can't monetize the loot. That'd be like they'd be like making a Mario game where like, you know, you only get 100 jumps a day. And then after that, <laughs> you got to just figure it out. Like, maybe you could get through the level, but you might have to make 20 minutes to jump on the next platform. Like, so, it's that same it make you, kind of
0: thing. Did it make you purchase the loot? Like, so, with it, whatever coins just, and stuff you might gather?
1: You just hit a wall to where it's like, in order to get your loot level up, you need these special items. And you can grind for a million years for those. Or you could pay thousands of dollars to get them like literally people aren't like people aren't going online and being like oh i spent like fifty thousand dollars and i made like a thousand awesome characters no they're spending like thousands of dollars on one character just to get them to like max level like it's not one of those things where some people are just getting unlucky like nobody's going online and doing like oh yeah i spent like fifty dollars and i'm like the best you know it takes more than that. So they're really digging deep here. I mean, this uh, site, Max Roll, I, I looked into a, a little bit. So they're like, or it says in here, they're a, a website. They host a bunch of content, guides, all kinds of stuff. But they've spent like tens of thousands plus hours covering Diablo Immortal all the way up through its like beta and everything. They're like a huge site for games like this. And they're just going to completely discontinue their content. Uh, big YouTube and Twitch streamers, uh, let's see here, including Quinn69, uh, Bellular Gaming, and Asma Gold. Oh, I've heard of that one before. Uh, they're just gonna drop off. Like the thing is at this point, they're being too greedy, and nobody really wants to go for that. That's like really in the know Mm
0: -hmm. but
1: unfortunately articles like this and opinions like this just don't matter I don't think in the mobile gaming market like when they came out with um Warcraft Reforged and that was like a total train wreck and everybody review bombed it to be like the lowest reviewed game of all time like the only people who were picking that game up were gonna be people who would probably be pretty close to being in the know of seeing that type of review and knowing what was going on but in the mobile space it's just too casual and there's too many people worldwide like it doesn't matter what anybody thinks about how much they overcharge on this game there's thousands and thousands of people that will never even hear a whisper of this that are going to give blizzard 50 bucks and think that it was fine you know, it's just going to yeah. happen. It's going to get completely out of hand. It's going to go down as a gold star rather than like being like a last big black eye for Kodak before the merger happens.
0: You know, I kind of have the opposite thought on that. I think that things like YouTubers, which have a heavy influence in the gaming space for things like this, leaving is going to speak a lot of volume. And, you know, we, we've seen early demise of titles in the past like Anthem and uh, Battlefield and such. And even in the very beginning, No Man's Sky had its issues that we talked about. And obviously over time they worked on those things and it became a better game. But I know it's a little different because there's no paywall tied to those things, but I think the paywall actually hurts it more and can lead to an earlier demise because you're going to have people that just can't afford that and they're going to get bored and they're not going to want to move forward. Yeah. They might throw like 20, 30 bucks at it, but after a while they're going to be like, you know what? I, probably shouldn't put any more towards this or I'm just losing interest because of these paywalls that continually come up. So I do think YouTubers and other people leaving in droves is going to help drive this game down. Plus a combination of folks just kind of, you know, stopping and losing interest. I can see this one actually failing and being a black eye for him.
1: Well, the um, one thing that really like if you think about it, how far they pushed the line here. They have so much room to walk it back to like they could walk it back to egregious and then they could still walk it further back to reasonable. Like they have a lot of room to backtrack on this and make themselves look like they're doing the community a favor and hoping people just, you know, in two years down the road are only paying an arm instead of an arm and a leg.
0: <laughs> yeah, I- I'm not a fan of paywall based games like this. I never have been. And obviously I've advocated against it on our podcast for a number of years now. Um, I just this is something I can't get into. Like, I, I just can't. And you a lot can't of people get
1: this game in those countries where like loot boxes and stuff are illegal.
0: I mean, that's a part of it, right? Like, so in those countries that that type of stuff is illegal, and not allowed, they can't release it there. So you're limited to how many countries you can put the game in. And if you have heavy influencers that, you know, are saying, hey, we're out, like this sucks. Like this is not worth it, not worth the time. And I mean, look, there was a, a guy that spent 15K to max out his character, and even he quit. Like he was financially no, that, invested that in that
1: it. That was just to get one max rank legendary yeah. gem. That and wasn't a like, maxed out character.
0: But and he was like screw this. Like, I'm not moving forward with this. So I mean, when you have people like that that are dumping that much money and still being like screw this game, probably not worth playing you know and i think that type of stuff is really going to to help drive it down to where it's going to be nothing you know it's it's not going to get played it's not going to have a ton of support and you know obviously as uh, less and less players play the developer is less and less likely to put in more updates and more content and it just kind of spirals down from there so yeah i think this will be a flop over time i don't think it'll be a critical success we'll see yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Like, Check back next year. We'll see how, what happens. All right, All right, next thing, which is, I guess, my favorite topic because we've talked about this several times down the last year is uh, exposing fraud and deception in the retro video games market. Uh, this is by Carl Yost. Uh, it is a YouTube video, so uh, check out the YouTube video. We'll have the link. Uh, it probably won't populate in multiple podcast locations, so if you check out our website, the link will be live there. And I think Podbean as well. If you go to like our gametheflators.podbean.com, it'll yeah. pop up on there as well, but certain podcast
1: apps just as a transfer but definitely definitely check that out he's got he makes great content but he uh he originally posted this first video uh last august we talked about it where he exposed like kind of the collusion that was going on between water games and uh the heritage auction house and you know it seemed like some hinky stuff was going on behind the scenes they were pretty close there was like You know, some evidence that they were pumping the market by buying and selling games to themselves and each other, and, you know, just really trying to get it up. Like when you started seeing like Mario going for like a million dollars and people losing their minds, like it just doesn't make any sense. So, uh, Carl did a bunch of research on this, made a super great video exposing all of this. Uh, Other people followed up with more content and this is kind of the follow-up to that sometime later, uh, a lawyer in California uh, who's been like a long time video game collector uh, and some other people at his firm, like he took that video and used it basically to get the people behind him. And now they're starting a class action suit against WADA uh, for everything that happened and the resulting, um, you know, other kind of schemes or frauds or or things that have kind of come out since then are, you know, ramifications of what they did. So by inflating that market, you know, tons of people like John talked about getting a game rated, but obviously not through WADA, but other people hearing about this, they're like, oh, I'll send my game in. And now it's like months and months or year plus wait list to even get your game rated, which, you know what is that game rating really worth at this point either? So lots of people are, are very mad and uh, a lawsuit's happening and it'd be great to see, you know, them get their ins for this, but, you know, <laughs> fingers crossed. Yeah, uh, you know, I think
0: the big thing for me, like I, I really like this overall, like how it's played out and a lawsuit that's coming through, but um, the VHS grading, I yeah, think was the big thing for too. me. And, you know, I I actually know a few VHS collectors. And I think it's the oddest thing just because there's so many movies that have been, you know, digitized or put into uh, DVD format, Blu-ray format and everything else. But there's collectors out there that collect specifically VHS titles that were never put on those other forms of media. So it makes sense in certain aspects to have that. But like Archive they referenced... Yeah, and they, and, which is pretty cool. Like the one of the guys I follow, he, um, it's a Scott Tepperman, actually. And I've, I've known him for a bit. Uh, he actually has like a full blown like blockbuster basically in his house. And he has like old TVs and VHS sets and stuff. And the guy like watches older horror films. Like he's, he was on Ghost Hunters and everything else. So like that's what he does. And so he goes out and collects VHS tapes. And uh, I don't think he has anything graded that I've seen, but, his whole setup is pretty badass, actually. Like it, it, looks really cool. Like it's definitely a throwback for sure. Um, I can see instances where you pick up like VHS tapes that are not in other forms of media and not being collectible, but like Back to the Future sealed, selling for seventy five thousand dollars, like ridiculous. How is, that, how is that not a red flag for people? Like it's shrink probably, wrap.
1: How do you judge if it's the original
0: shrink wrap? Like, and it's not even like some. Well, some of them have like printed like things on there, like logos for like the shrink wrap, which can kind of help you uh, to understand if it's been re shrink wrapped or not. But dude, like it's been remade, like not remade, but like it's been on DVD and Blu-ray and probably ultra Blu-ray, like all of these different medias over time. And like, I get it that it's the original like VHS, but at the same time, it's not even the best way to play it. Like I can understand with super Nintendo and Nintendo, I could pop those in, upscale them whatever i want to do and it's going to look good vhs just doesn't look good when you compare it to even Laserdisc, or comparing it to well, dvd it, or blu-ray
1: does it degrade further over time like well having a like the only yeah, reason to. to have a sealed copy is going to be because it's a sealed copy like obviously you would never use it and even if you did it would be terrible
0: yeah it's just it's
1: dumb like it's not like you know, a game where like a game has like playing it the game on the original hardware is in and of itself more of an experience, I guess, than I guess watching a a VHS, like maybe that really just does it for you, I guess, but then you could just probably watch it at 480 P on Netflix and get the same experience.
0: Yeah. And that's kind of my thought on it, right? Like when we talk about gaming and game collecting and playing retro games, Oftentimes we get to play it on the original hardware and it is a different experience. Like it's different playing Pac-Man on an Atari controller, a 2600 or on a cabinet than it is playing it on a PlayStation 2 or a PlayStation 4 or whatever the hell it's been released on. Or on your freaking this,
1: phone. Who wants a touch touchscreen?
0: Yeah. And the same would go for Mario, right? Like there's a different feel playing it on a Nintendo where it was originally placed versus playing it even on like Super Nintendo is kind of a, a bad example, but like playing it on your Switch, you know, playing the original Mario. Like there's just a different feel when you play those games. A movie, you're you're gonna watch it on a VHS on an older TV, which is gonna be at like what, 280i or something like that, or 360i, whatever it comes out as, or 480i. You know, like it's just not the same quality. It's not the same experience like it's not that same feeling of like i'm playing on a nintendo console this is i'm watching a movie in much poorer quality and i could be watching it a much better quality on a higher end tv right now like that's i think that's the true difference there in terms of the experience i can totally see and totally agree with like collecting and grading movies that are rare like actually rare and have not been reproduced and not been put on any other areas and you're preserving it. And I get that part. Right. But for something like back to, F- it's totally a red flag for me, man.
1: And, well, and, and that, the article, that amount of money is just yeah. insane. Like that's, that's where it starts to get absolutely ridiculous. Like video games getting up to the millions of dollars is the part that's absolutely crazy. Like not the fact that, you know, you know, somebody would buy a game for like $15,000 is like a lot of money that you would expect to pay for something like, uh, what are the like Nintendo challenge games or whatever the like college circuit challenge games. Mm -hmm. Like those are some of like the peak in like pricing, but then like million dollars for just a box copy of Mario 64, which there's gotta be like tens of thousands of those out there. Um,
0: millions actually when you consider like the that, fact like, that it was... still
1: like still new
0: oh i wouldn't say new oh i see what you're saying tens like of there's probably new. tens
1: of thousands of those whereas like there's like literally only a handful of those other ones like what? it makes sense like that may be the only like sealed copy of back to the future that still exists in the world but like who gives a shit I mean, and that's
0: the thing. There's probably more copies that are sealed. At Back to the Future on VHS. Like I've seen, I've gone to Goodwills and seen like sealed copies of Star Wars on VHS, like Episode One and Episode, you know, Four and other crap. Like, I, I pass it up. You know, it's it's not like I'm. I look them up obviously to see if there's any value for certain VHS. What is I find the sealed.
1: box art for that? New Hope. Or you've seen New Hope.
0: Yeah, there used to be a, there was a gold three pack set.
1: Oh, I thought you were talking just like an individual. Yeah, I, oh, I no, had the no. gold three pack. Yeah, I did too growing up. Um, if it was like the OG, like the original one, that'd be
0: kind of sick. I don't know if, is there an original, original one? It's just like yeah, New no, Hope? like
1: one that came out in like the 70s. It's like the Luke with like the lightsaber over his head. Oh yeah, head.
0: no, I know, I know.
1: That'd be sick. Yeah.
0: That'd be pretty sick to find. Yeah, no, I probably wouldn't pass that up as sealed (laughs) because that actually might be worth something. Um, 30 bucks, but 30 bucks. You said Be reasonable. Yeah. $30 for it. Like
1: this one's kind of beat to hell.
0: Okay. But still is it sealed? No, no. Okay. But still $30 for that movie. Right. And if there's a, an original release VHS of new hope an iconic franchise of star Wars, Graded,
1: okay. Star Wars VHS sealed, nineteen ninety two. yes like
0: nineteen dollars. No, no. In, th- oh,
1: it, this was released in ninety two version.
0: Uh, two hundred bucks sealed. One
1: hundred and ten.
0: Okay, so Completely buy that, Ryan. <laughs> okay, so let's buy that now. Let's ship it to Wada or whoever the hell's doing it or Heritage Auctions and say, hey, you had Back to the Future sealed. Well, here's Star Wars. Obviously, it's a more iconic franchise in Back to the Future, so let's go ahead and get this for one hundred fifty thousand dollars. Like, it's so dumb. Like, I, the whole just... like
1: original trilogy ones are like thirty bucks.
0: Yeah, and that's the point, man. Like, and this is totally a red flag. And they refer he references an article as well. Oh, that, here like, we go.
1: Nineteen eighty four sleeve, nineteen seventy seven Star Wars sealed VHS. Uh, this one is rated by somebody. Okay. VHS DNA. It's a 9.4, $2,199. Okay.
0: okay. So there you go. $2,000 for a sealed copy. And that's what they're asking. It's not what it's sold for, right?
1: Yeah. That's the starting bid.
0: Yeah. I'll we'll see if that actually and 59 sells.
1: 59 people are watching it.
0: Yeah. Cause 59 people are want to know which idiot buys it. <laughs> that's why they're watching it. Um, Yeah look, so he also referenced an article and why I said red flag is he references an article of where it says your video games could be worth millions of dollars. And there's a similar article. It just came out and says your VHS tapes could be worth millions of dollars. Yeah. It's a pump and dump scheme, dude, to get people to like buy a crap ton of like VHS, get them graded and see them get devalued immediately because the market's flooded with them. You know, now, obviously I have things like a sealed copy of devil's third that I would love to get graded. I think that is a title that sealed is worth grading, right? And preserving in that, you know, format. Um, but other than that, like I don't even personally have games that I would want to get graded. like yeah. that, you know? Okay. Let us know your thoughts on that for sure. Uh, Next thing, we'll go really quick with this one. Uh, Damn, it's a longer episode than normal. So Nintendo Direct. Um, I know that you weren't 100% interested in it, but... Just go through
1: and talk about the things you were interested in, and then I'll throw my two cents in on top.
0: Yeah, and I'll be super quick. I don't have to, like, dive in deep. So I think what was cool was Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection. It's 10 Mega Man games coming into one from the GBA. Uh, If this comes out anywhere near the $30 to $40 price tag, I would 100% say buy it. One Mega Man game alone on GBA is quite a bit. So the fact that you could still play it in handheld on the Switch is going to be a huge win. So that's definitely one to to keep an eye on. It's coming out on Um, everything
1: but Xbox, which is weird.
0: Yeah, that's kind of odd. Uh, Let's see, Lorelei and the Laser Eyes, I thought was stupid. Um, I was not a fan of that super Bomberman R2. I actually thought was interesting and I, I may pick that up Blanc, That was the Art one that really right. caught my attention Blanc was really cool. It's like this hand drawn black and white where you have a dog and a deer going through and solving puzzles pup. and it's a wolf pup. Okay. Wolf, well, it's a dog. Same, same deal. Different. Um, it's a different type of dog. Okay. So you have a wolf pup and a deer that are going through and solving puzzles through the snow, essentially. And it's, uh, I don't think there's any text based dialogue in it. It's just straight story and uh, like no dialogue, obviously. So I think it's, it's like a cute
1: cool. little adventure puzzle kind of thing.
0: Yeah. It looked awesome. Uh, little Noah, Sign of Paradise, caught my eye. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, RPG time was interesting so it's like a comic book like black and white comic book rpg where you like i guess create your lines and such from what i saw like it it was interesting like it just it it's odd it's out there it's not exactly like your run-of-the-mill like style rpg or really just run-of-the-mill game in general so i thought that was pretty cool um is that different than Uh the
1: rpg the legend of right
0: yeah rpg time, the legend of right
1: okay yeah you just said rpg time and i was waiting for the rest of the title yeah that one did look really cool
0: yeah that looked pretty interesting uh live alive looked interesting i think Um, i'm gonna pick
1: that one up i think that one's probably gonna be worth something
0: yeah that one might be pretty worth might be worth something down the road uh doraemon story of seasons friends of the great kingdom isn't that based off an anime
1: so doraemon is like japan's like mickey mouse i mean not really but like he's huge there like he's a giant icon there and i don't think i've ever seen a Doraemon like game here and it makes me wonder like if Doraemon is like catching on here like maybe it's on like netflix for kids here or something now
0: maybe i don't know i don't keep up with that but it looked interesting enough like it looked worth playing it's like a little kind of like uh,
1: nervous moon kind of thing
0: yeah, I had a Harvest Moon vibe going for it. Uh, Dragon Quest Treasures look pretty good. It's a, a side game for the Dragon Quest series. So, I mean, they got lots of side games, but it's Dragon Quest, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the other one was Harvestola, uh, which my wife is actually very interested in that game. So she saw something recently. And she's like, I want to play this the game Final so bad fantasy uh,
1: animal crossing or whatever. <laughs> whatever it is
0: it looks badass like so we're we're interested in that we're actually probably going to play that one together uh so that was cool and that was it as far as what i liked
1: all right um i said beyond that stuff mario and rabbit sparks of hope i mean i never played the first one this one looks like it's got more like interesting mechanics going on so that'll be cool
0: i'll loan you the first one and then you can not be excited for the second one how about that
1: um portal on switch i don't know why that hasn't already happened that's a good move and persona on switch yeah that was eventually going to happen
0: yeah and obviously it's on xbox as well we talked about that
1: last time yeah so. so nintendo direct honestly you know i heard some people really enjoyed it um we didn't really talk about it on the next to nothing podcast when i was on there because we kind of were just like it didn't really excite any of us i think that While it's good for Nintendo to be like, here's stuff that's going to be coming out soon. And like Xbox did like a really good job of doing that themselves. I just didn't seem seem to feel like they really showed anything here that was like, you know, like I at no point was I unable to contain my excitement. I I was very whelmed, just completely whelmed.
0: Yeah, I was looking at this more so for those like indie titles versus like any first party stuff. And I I thought there were some cool things overall. Like I was kind of excited. Um, It's not like, you know, above and beyond the best thing I've ever seen, but it was pretty decent. So uh, all right. Completely decent. Completely decent. Uh, Okay, so inflation deflation. Uh, Claire extended cut. It is uh, developed by Hailstorm Games. It was published by Hailstorm Games and Limited Run Games. I uh, did a physical copy. There's very little information I hear like director and all that, which we normally provide. It was first released on PC in July of 2014, and then Limited Run did a version of 2017. Uh, we have uh, its game type is an adventure, but it's more like adventure horror. Uh, so I wouldn't say just adventure. Reception is around a six-ish for this title. You know, I think it's better than a six.
1: I the really is it is incredible. Like yeah. I'm usually not one for these type of smaller games. Like the more I think about it, the weirder I think about my taste in games. Like I'm such a casual gamer. Like I play mostly just games that everybody else plays. And I don't usually get into these like niche titles like this, but my God, dude, I was like gripped like yeah. right away. Like the atmosphere, like, the mystery of like kind of just trying to be like, wait, what, what is even happening here? Like just the first opening couple minutes, like it really pulls you in and like the sound design's great. The lighting is amazing. I, uh, this is a game that I'm really glad that we played. Cause like we said at the beginning, it's been sitting in that PS plus back library forever. And I never even would have looked at it, but like, it was definitely worth checking out. I'm going to finish this one, actually, because it's
0: only a three hour game. And I think I got through about 40 minutes or so, roughly. And I went through a ton of crap, actually. So I'm going to end up playing this one again um, or finishing it up. I think it's easily an eight. Like it's it's pretty much side scrolling. Silent Hill is what it feels like to me. Yeah. Um. So your character that you're playing as uh, it kind of starts out as a little girl in your room. And you have a decision to make on like. You hear a noise. It's like hide under the bed, unlock the door, walk away, call for your parents, whatever it is. Right. I think I chose hide under the bed as my option, but you instantly like you go through a door and you walk through like various areas of this house that you're in looking for your parents and you're immediately transformed into like this room. that's just like blood and gore and creatures. And then you wake up as an adult next to your mom's bed in the hospital And you're like, oh, I'm going to go get a coffee. And you start walking around looking for the coffee. And there's, I I would say the presentation is very nice and easy to follow um, from not only just the controls because it is side scrolling, entering through rooms, but the map was super helpful to like see okay here's what's been blocked here's what i can't go through here's what i can revisit here's my doors that are opening it like lays out all of the various areas that you've been to showcases where you are
1: it's easy to put together where you are at first i was very confused but as soon as i got the handle on the map i was Mm -hmm. like boom i know exactly how to get where i want to go
0: well and like some of these games of horror you have like you know, a flashlight. And if the flashlight runs out, it runs out, and you got to look for more batteries. Like it's the same situation here, except you have a lighter as well that you can use for that limited. Never light.
1: runs out of <laughs> that. Never runs out apparently. so Unlimited
0: lighter. Yeah, unlimited lighter, right? And I'm not going to burn my hand after 10 seconds of using it. Like which we all know that happen. fuel burns slower than batteries, right? I guess. Right. So unlimited lighter. Um, maybe she has like a million and she's a, a chain smoker. Um, so that exp- that explains it. Her bag has it. But um, as you kind of progress, at some point, you like the room transforms and you're like trapped, basically, uh, when you get your coffee and you get a dog. I don't know how far you got, Ryan, if you got the dog or not. Yeah,
1: I got to like the second save point. So I made it like back over into the ICU area. Gotcha.
0: So I got through to the pediatric ward and was kind of going through there. And I ended up coming across one of those like spirit creatures that you're fighting or ghosts. And it was like hide and I hid and I figured, oh, I'm good. And I got out and the spirit killed me. Mm-hmm. So that happened. And luckily it wasn't too far from the save point I was at. So it'll be easy to kind of go back, hide, let that go through and progress. Um, but yeah, I think it's pretty cool. Like it, it kind of it gives you that silent hill vibe because of all the transformations happening with the various rooms and things like you walk into certain rooms and it's just bloody and shaky and bangs happen. You walk out, you come back in, it's perfectly normal. Right? So you have stuff like that. It has the outlast vibe for it. Like, Oh shit, I got to run because something's chasing me hide, let it pass and then move forward to the next thing. So you have that survival aspect too. So I, I felt it was great. Uh, I did enjoy it. And, um, you know, I noticed, Ryan, you don't have uh, digital prices on here as we get into those brass tacks. You should probably Oh, uh, pop uh, those
1: up. Yeah, let me see.
0: Yeah. Um, another kind of hidden hero, I guess, in this is the music that's tied to it and a lot of the sounds. Um, it does have a very creepy vibe. And, uh, you know, there were times as I was going through, I'm like, oh, crap. Like, I don't want to go through this door because something's going to pop out it has that horror vibe to it and it, it does a very good job of presenting that. So, you know, overall super impressed. I think it should be an eight on here. Um, once you pop up the digital prices, uh, we'll go through that. Did you have any other comments on that? And I can just go over to like the the physical copies.
1: Um, no. So I think it was definitely worth checking out. I think that um, it's really got like that kind of Vita vibe. Like, you know, I feel like this definitely would belong like or feel right at home playing on the Vita. Uh, well, It is on the Vita. Yeah, I know. Limited run, but that's the most expensive version. So I'll run through right now. Um Claire is actually on a special promotion that ends on July 7th on Steam. You can get it for ninety nine cents. Oh, wow. And then on Xbox and PlayStation, it is fourteen
0: OK, OK. So the
1: game itself is about three oh, hours in length. Is just for Claire, the original. Oh, I got you. Not to let me see it. if I can find the extended. OK, so the
0: game right now is about three hours in length is about how long it takes folks to beat uh, a physical copy of this game. A uh, complete in box on, I think, the PlayStation 4. You're looking at about thirty three dollars peaking at about thirty five sixty two in February of this year. It's trending down, it looks like. A loose copy will run you 28.79 and it peaked at 33.25 uh, in February
1: oh, of 2022. i uh, that's holding its price. Sorry. Hmm. I'm guessing Claire is probably the Steam version, and then the extended cut is probably the console versions. That would make sense.
0: So 99 cents on the regular version on Steam, if you're looking to pick that up, I think that's a hell of a price. I would pick it up immediately, uh, based on that sale. Uh $14.99 on playstation xbox And if you really love
1: it you could always buy the extended version if you want that extra content
0: you know with games like this for like if you really want a physical copy 33 bucks is probably about just right for a game like this or 30 dollars um you could go worse at 30 dollars i think that price is just right um but it could be inflated as well uh, depending on how you look at that with the time that you're going to spend playing a digital copy at 1499, I would say is totally worth it. I, I think that's the right price digitally. Obviously uh, I would pick it up there. If you're looking for physical, obviously you're looking for physical, right? You understand it's going to be a higher price point from the get go. So that's why I say it's just right in uh in that $33 price point. Yeah, and um, then
1: I'll just throw in the Vita prices here real quick too. So Vita Low or Vita is going for forty nine ninety seven for the complete inbox, and then about forty one for loose. That so, doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I mean it's definitely got that premium Vita tag price on it, but you know, yeah, if if it is like a collector's version because it's limited run, so it's always going to be that special little piece in your collection.
0: Um, well, and that's why I think it's just right on the physical copy for playstation at 33 yeah so what do you what do you have a graded as
1: oh man i mean for me this is like seems like a cool title to have on ps plus but uh, i just i'll go with just right just so that i'm not being contrarian it seems (laughs) a little pricey to me but it's a little pricey but limited run so it's a little pricey
0: yeah, it's a little pricey on the physical copy. I get it. But from a collecting standpoint, if that's what you're looking to do and collect physically, I think 35 is fair for something like this. Now, if you really want to play it, I would recommend just going digital.
1: Okay. So and there's really only
0: 2,500 copies. And that's even more of a reason to so get it for 2,500
1: copies. That seems like a, a very decent price. Yes, I would think so.
0: Cool. So, All right, cool. So just right on that. Um, so we should probably change that. I will. On the bottom. Oh, okay. I was going to now. All right. Well, you know what? I think next week. You can't I mentioned, can reach your keyboard from where you're sitting. I know you. Yeah, I can. So. It's
1: right here. Oh, are you not See? at the end cap?
0: No. Dude, whenever we record virtually, I'm like directly in front of my screens. I just move my, I move the mic. So I'm like right in front of it. Yeah, it's it's easier for me. Cause then I can actually like click around and all that. Yeah, um, you don't on have to and,
1: have it down in between your legs.
0: Yeah, I usually, so when Ryan comes to record in person, uh, cause we alternate every other week, just cause it's just easier. I live further away now. So I usually have a wireless mouse and I'm like controlling it on my chair <laughs> and it has to be in between my legs cause it won't work anywhere else. Um, and then Ryan sits on an opposite side, so he can't even see the monitor. So that's why I'm actively always reading the article titles and all that good stuff. Um, so I'm thinking next week you're going to be here at my place. So why don't we play devil's third on the Wii U? I, I actually, before the Nintendo eShop was set to close, I downloaded the, the version on the Wii U for digital so I could play it. Sounds good to me. Yeah. And then one other thing we might want to review, which will be a little abnormal, but we can do it down the road. Did I tell you what I got for, on steam recently? No. So I picked up, it was uh basically a D and D dungeon creator to make maps for my TV setup now for D and D. Oh, cool. So I picked that up recently and I uh, have a,
1: Oh no, I, I found a thing a while ago that was like that, but very cool. Yeah. All so I the cool thing be- on
0: that, the cool thing on that creator is like I can put in like video and stuff. So if like somebody's already done a pre-created map, I can put in video and then add things to like layer on top of that I can also make like net new dungeons on my own. I can pull like preset maps and whatnot that have been done and and modify them, add things like lighting and traps and all these other crazy things, and then control it on my side via laptop and connect it to TV. So as my players are going through like a fog of war situation. If they like go through a certain room, like traps will set off. Uh, I can have creatures pop out on screen, like tons of crazy stuff. Obviously, I like to use miniatures uh, for enemies, but there may be instances where I don't have like a spider mini and it'd be great to have like a spider on screen that they can actively use. So it'll be pretty cool. I'm excited to try it out and and start building dungeons. I'm probably going to do it with Strixhaven, though, uh, because I do have somebody that's virtual in my campaign. And it's just going to be way too much to have two laptops running—one on the TV, one on, you know, for him, and then one for myself. Like I'm just not going to mess with that. So that's the current situation. Uh, but okay, I thought it was a fun episode. We'll uh, we'll see each other in person next week. But this has been episode 190 of the Game Flayers Podcast. My name is
1: John. I'm Ryan.
0: And thanks for listening.
1: Ten episodes to 200.